where I'm strong, someone else may not be as strong. I don't want to say weak. Where you're strong might be something I am weak or deficient in and I need your help. And so by truly lifting each other up that, you know, we, we give each other a hand so that we don't feel insecure. We don't feel awkward. And you know what? We're always going to feel a little bit awkward. We're human. It's fine. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Did you ever meet somebody who knocked your socks off immediately? (laughs) That's how I felt when I met today's guest for the first time. Today I'm talking to Dina Bakowitz, otherwise known as Fireball Dina. Dina started doing stand-up comedy just as she turned 50. As a coach, she helps professionals develop new business and career opportunities through strategic networking, branding, and marketing. Dina brings her signature fireball energy to every space and every audience, I kid you not. Her happy place is a room full of people, both virtual and live. But a turn of events during the COVID shutdown meant that she had to relocate from her beloved home in New York City to Toronto, where she's been isolated for seven months, well, more than that. As an extrovert with an expertise in networking, The lack of human connection has been a distinct challenge for Dina, but she's learned a little something about herself along the way, and she's keeping her options open as she navigates a life she didn't plan on. I can't wait for you to meet her, but before we do, if you're just finding this podcast for the first time, I want you to know that I created a free guide for you designed to help you start taking the steps towards your next act. It's a workbook called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. It's an email series with practical exercises that you can use over the course of several weeks to get past feeling stuck. You can do these at your own pace as they'll be waiting for you in your inbox when you're ready for the next step. And by the way, you can go back and repeat the series because, dudes, this is not a one and done thing. This is like going back and practicing stuff. But anyway, um, anybody who has been listening for a long time, if you haven't done this yet, what are you waiting for? Try it out. See what you think. And let me know if you have how it's worked out for you. I'm dying to know. Um, anyway, I will remind you at the end of the episode and tell you where to sign up if you're interested. Okay, here's Fireball Dina. Let's go. Hey, Dina. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'm so excited, Yvonne. I am too. Um, I always like to say how I found people. And lately, I just keep to seem to say, I met you in Clubhouse. Clubhouse. That's amazing, right? Well, it's being in a club, right? We're all included. You know, it's like as a kid, it's like girls only club or no boys allowed or no girls allowed or no women over 50 allowed. Oh, no, wait, that's today. That's this club. This club called Life. (laughs) (laughs) you know but what I love about it is the even though it's like that clubby thing it's actually really inclusive like I I have met I don't know how I ever would meet people with from different walks of life from you know Australia Israel like I'm like how do you do that how do you do that well, I do it in real life at conferences and networking. There but you go. You're right. Like the, the the extent, the amount of people we can meet in a really quick period of time and have real conversations, because social media can be very passive. It's just like this, comment on that. It's not tr- necessarily truly interactive, like commenting on someone's post and then someone comments on your comment. But Clubhouse, you're having conversations with each other. You get to hear the voice. Mm-hmm. You read tone. And I think tone is so important because mm-hmm. comments, there, there's so much room for conflict and miscommunication and misunderstanding just in the written word. But when you're talking to someone, you can get their energy. You can respond in real time rather than like 24 hours later. Right. And, and Clubhouse look, we had this wonderful Zoom call. It was almost a month ago. Three weeks, I think, to plan this. There's so many people that I have absolutely taken it offline, had conversations, gotten to know each other, guesting on podcasts, 
helping each other in other ways, giving each other feedback. And so it's not just about promoting yourself and your services. It really is finding advisors and friends and referral sources. And I'm really enjoying it. I love the interactivity of it. It's it's like, because doing a podcast is awesome. Like I love this, this one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know what I mean? And, and digging into just being able to have conversations that you're not going to have over casual drinks or a coffee or whatever. It is just this nice ability to kind of go deep with a person. But once that goes out into the world, I don't, I don't know, really know how it lands for people and going into clubhouse, like being able to talk about, um, anything, and get immediate feedback like that. It's, it's been cool. Anyway, not mad for Clubhouse. Um, but it kind but of is. Kind it, of it's is. It's really about, it's not just about the tool itself. It's how you use it. Yeah. And that's so much a part of my whole life, my career, my origin story, the, the things I've struggled with, things I've overcome, things I've like made a passion and what I'm actually struggling with now. It's about connecting with people. Yeah. How do we build real relationships? It doesn't matter if it's Zoom or the phone or it's Facebook or it's Clubhouse. It's it's a catalyst and it's a it's a tool, but it's really what is the relationship about, right? Like yeah. 10 years from now, you and I are going to be best friends and we're going to be getting together once a month and going to events in New York and New Jersey, whatever it may be. It won't really matter where we met. What will matter is what we did to build that relationship and how right. it because that's flowed. your jam, right? That's You're all jam. about networking. People. I have people, to tell people, you, people, people, yeah, and and for me, networking before I, I this is very strange, but networking pre-COVID felt creepy and weird to me. Like that that whole thought of like networking for gain, right? Mm-hmm. But what I what happened this year in doing the podcast is, and and I'm in a business networking group, but it became something different for me. It really became about connecting with people and developing relationships with them um, in a way that, so social media, like Instagram, I like Instagram, Facebook, meh, whatever. It's nice to be able to see kind of people's posts and see what they're doing and keep up with, with that stuff, but it is less immediate. And, but being on, I mean, there's the zoom fatigue that everybody's experienced this year. Right. But it has enabled me to meet new people and connect from my home. And instead of being at some big networking event where I don't know how to jump into a conversation, especially if two people are already talking, I'm, I don't like to go interrupt that. You know what I mean? And in, instead, you've got this face-to-face experience with people and maybe a little bit of structure and, you know, Anyway, I don't know where I'm kind of getting off topic. No, Yvonne, this is my topic. I'm I'm frantically taking notes because if I type, I think you'll just hear the clicking constantly. This is what I do. This is what I love. And you said a couple of really interesting things. And you you preface it by saying this may sound strange, but it doesn't. And this is something and, you know, your podcast is late bloomer living. Right. So especially for women over a certain age that have some of that still ingrained women seen and not heard like women should act a certain way. And if we're too loud or we're too confident, we're obnoxious, the B word, whatever, all of that. I think the younger women in their twenties and thirties, they're like, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. And why should I not take up space? But so for us, so to go back to what you're saying, it's strange. It's not strange. If it was, I mean, there's so many people that do think or feel or, and think networking is icky. It's weird. You're networking for gain. If they didn't, I wouldn't have a business because I coach people on how to connect better. And and you you mentioned one of my favorite places to be, which is a conference or a cocktail party. But you're like, it's awkward. How do you interrupt? There's two people already standing over there. Right. These are like social media. These are tools, whether it's a conference, a cocktail party, Zoom event in person as we're getting back to it. And whether it's for gain or I've met more friends networking than I have anywhere else. I say the most significant people in my life in the past, let's say 20, 30 years as a grown up, not like counting high school, because that's just how you meet growing up as a kid. It's, you know, your community, but that right. I've met on my own have all been through talking to strangers. 
Mm. whether it's an association or a group or at an office or the elevator or at the gym or dance class. That is truly how I've made the best connections in my life. Because first you have something in common. We are connecting on a professional level because we work and that's part of our lives and, and our mission in life and what do we want to do. But it, it really goes back to the basics of we're worried what people are going to think of us. We're worried that we'll be rejected. We don't want to be excluded, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you, you're in a corner by yourself alone. Like you're a woman. You, you just stay in a corner. I was like, nobody puts baby in a corner on my dance floor or my networking event or my <laughs> conference. And it doesn't actually have to be my conference or my networking event. It's just if I'm there, no one is by themselves unless they really, really want to be like, you have to be sensitive to what people are comfortable with, but I've mm-hmm. made all these incredible friends and clients and contacts by walking up to someone who's by themselves and saying, Hey, you're new here. Or my name is Dina. Nice to meet you. Would you like me to introduce you around? Now I've gone to events where I knew nobody, where it wasn't even my industry and either intentionally or by accident or because I was helping someone else out. And like within half an hour, I know everybody there and I'm connecting people because I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean extrovert is the only or the best way to be extroverts and introverts. We blend really well. We help each and women support each other. So where, where I'm strong, someone else may not be as strong. I don't want to say weak. Where you're strong might be something I am weak or deficient in and I need your help. And so by truly lifting each other up that, you know, we, we give each other a hand so that we don't feel insecure. We don't feel awkward. And you know what? We're always going to feel a little bit awkward. We're human. It's fine, but we're not in high school anymore. And we're never going to walk into a professional situation where people are trying to make fun of us or trying to exclude us or make me feel you're a loser. You can't sit with the cool kids. Right. Because for the really, the truth is, is for the most part, people don't, people aren't paying attention to you. They're, they're, they're worrying about their own awkwardness and their own, they're, they're, everybody's in their own damn head thinking, oh, did I, did what I was, what I just said, stupid. I don't know. Did, did I say the wrong thing? Did I put my foot in my mouth? Like, uh, what do they think of me? What do they think of me? Right. Everybody's in their own head going through that, that dialogue. And we think they're just, us and, and they're not because yes, a people are so cons- not consumed, but truly concerned with how they're being judged. And it's like they're right. not paying attention to you because they're worrying about themselves or they're in their phone. But, and one thing I have found with age, and this is the late bloomer, late blooming living podcast. And I, I thought about this before I came on today, because sometimes I feel like age matters. And sometimes I'm like, I don't care if a room is for anybody over a certain age or under a certain age. Like there's so many universal truths. Mm-hmm. And yet I found at this point, the worrying of, if I say something, are they going to think I'm stupid? Am I dominating the conversation? If my idea is so far out there that nobody understands it, or am I just like rebellious because all my life it's I'm too much or I'm not enough, or my ideas are weird or I don't fit mm. in. So this is where I want to ask you, because, because mm. we didn't even mention your, yes. your fireball Dina. I am fireball Dina. When and did, when and how did that come about? So one of my bosses gave me that nickname, not even a nickname. It was in a job interview, a job recommendation. She recommended me for another consulting job. And I walked into the guy's office and it's one of those, I can visualize it. I can see it like it's in a movie and it will be in my movie one day or my show. Mm -hmm. Um, He he said, this is the most unusual job recommendation I've ever received. And he, he looks up from his email and says, she's a little fireball of energy. Hire her. I feel like that should be my tagline to everyone out there. I'm a little, she's a little fireball of energy. Hire her. What for? It doesn't matter. Just hire her for your TV show, your Broadway show, for your branding campaign, to work a room. And like, this was a woman who saw the strength. Like, and I remember my job interview with her and this is many, many, this is in the nineties, like mm. mid to late nineties that I still remember my job interview with her and how impressed I was with her. swing suit and she's in charge of a department and she's like oh my secretary will handle it. I didn't know women who had secretaries I knew women who were secretaries and and we're still you know we're still in touch to this day and I didn't really do anything with the name and then when I launched my business I thought oh fireball that's a really good brand Mm -hmm. and I said but I don't because I don't want to name the company after me and network because it's about bringing people together. And 
what I won't say which website, but I went to go buy the domain name, you know, not knowing if it would be, he's like, wow, that's an amazing name. I can't believe it's available. And when like the guy at the domain name company is telling you that's an awesome name and he's shocked it's still available, you know, it's good. (laughs) From a branding standpoint, I've owned it. But I will tell you, there's days where I don't feel like such a fireball. There's days where I'm a complete and utter hot mess. And also a fierce, fearless, fabulous fireball at the same time, in the same day, sometimes at the same moment. And I think as women, the more we embrace the the amazingness of us and also embrace the awkwardness, it's all okay. And you know what? If someone doesn't like what you have to say or they think your idea is weird or offbeat, so what? Yeah. In fact, you know, as I was studying, um, as I, as I took on branding photography as part of my business and and thought, okay, this is really interesting. So I, I dug in and started learning as much as I could about personal branding and what that is. And I started to realize, and it was so freeing that you want to repel people as much as you want to attract people, because if you can repel people, then then that then they're just not your people and if you and then the re, if you are just really being you and really doing you then the right people are going to be attracted to you and those other people they are just going to go find somebody else that's right for them and i was like oh my gosh that is so freeing to think about it that way it takes off all the the need to please to the Mm. artifice of like, I need to show up a certain way. No, you can just do you. You do you. I love that. I really, really do Yvonne. And it is getting rid of that artifice and what you're supposed to be or expected to be. And so I'm also super tiny. I'm four foot six and three quarters. And all my life, that was an issue. Like I was picked on and teased and my whole family is tiny, but you think they would have prepared me better. But for whatever reason, and and I was scared of physical violence and I was scared of people making fun of me because it happened all the time. So I grew up with that insecurity and that fear and not wanting to attract any attention because if I did, it was always negative. And so that that stayed with me a long time. I mean, I I definitely got rid of it for the most part, but there's still days where you're like, I wonder what they think of me. I don't want to be alone and that feeling excluded and not feeling part of it. But as you said, you're not going to be part of every group and you're not going to be welcome everywhere. And that's okay. It's find your people. And I know for me right now, because I know you talk about life transitions and changes, I'm, I'm not talking about going through that change, been there, done that. Um, but <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why oh, it's called the change. Like it's just a bodily function. Like, I, I don't know. You got the t-shirt. You're yeah. good. <laughs> no, I took off the t-shirt because I was sweating so much in New York city subway, 104 <laughs> degrees. Like I've been wearing sleeveless the, like ever since, you know, I, like, which is, which is cool. Cause I think like, you know, older women with guns, meaning arms, like right. arms, not guns, do not believe in violence. The only guns are, are your arms and water guns. And even then they have to be like mild, but the, the idea that you're not going to fit in anywhere, everywhere. And that's okay. You can't be a complete chameleon. Someone did once say to me, it was, it was in my Irish dance class and I'm a little Jewish girl. I decided to take up Irish dancing. And I loved it. And one of the teachers said, she goes, you fit in everywhere. And I thought, yes, but also I feel sometimes like I fit in nowhere. Like mm-hmm. where are my, and, and ironically, because I've spent the past seven months basically completely alone in lockdown, um, not by choice, obviously. So my, I have been going through a massive change this year, part, induced by, huh, interesting choice of words, induced by the pandemic, but that kind of snowballed in some ways. And so I had to leave my home of 20 years, my beloved New York City, all my friends, the network that I had built up there and my identity, because I always say I came into my own when I moved to New York, because New York is the place where nobody fits in. It's perfect. Everyone's different and weird and strange. And it's like, we found each other. And for me, the arts community in particular, being creative, being an artist, it was like, oh, you, you know, you get me. And I get you and we celebrate our differences and trying instead of trying to force people into this narrow box that no one ever fits into. One size does not fit all. One size never fits all. Trust me on this. 
And so I felt at home in New York. I was like, these are my people and we celebrate this richness and diversity. And then I had to leave and, and back to a place, well, not even back to, to, to a new place that I hadn't been and that did not have that same warm, diverse richness, but also it just, it wasn't home to me. It was new people, new city that's been and you locked had down to for leave seven. why? I mean, you and I talked about just, this a little bit, but basically the, let's just say the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. and and you're, you're in Toronto. I'm now. in Toronto right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and through the winter, it's, it's physically cold. But because I'm such an extrovert, to have almost no human contact for seven months after already going through it in New York at the worst of it, right at the beginning, yeah. adjusting once, then coming out of it and like seeing people in Central Park. My, my birthday, in, which is in the summer, there was six of us because that was the, the most you were allowed to have outdoors was six people and we did it and it was wonderful. Like my dear, dear, dear friends, we, people still weren't hugging, but they're like, I'm going to hug you now. Hold your breath. And we did because, mm-hmm. and these were like some of the last hugs I ever got. That was mm-hmm. in July. It's almost a year. So to be so isolated and alone it really makes you think and it's like, okay, what do I want to, first of all, this can never happen again, but what do I want to do with my life going forward and running a business by myself for myself is not it. I love the work that I do. I love the coaching and the speaking and the workshops and the interaction with people, but I know that there's a next and a, a new stage or phase of my career next. I don't know exactly what it will be, but it will be working with other people and collaborating, whether it's a film set or a TV studio, a TV show, a Broadway show, a conference. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to manifest, but it's there's going to be something different coming. And for better or for worse, it was the pandemic and being forced out of, not just out of my comfort zone, but out of my home, that has made me realize I, I'm not waiting. I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm not going to plan you know, in 10 years from now, like I'm doing it now and I'm telling people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I can see how moved you are. Um, it's, it's amazing how sometimes we, like for me, uh, a layoff was, was a huge change for me and and it led me to photography. Um, And then the second big layoff (laughs) led me to doing photography full time. Uh, But, you know, when you're in the middle of something like that and feeling so off kilter and, uh, and lost, that's a scary time. And, how amazing that you're turning that you're turning that around and finding the next, the next chapter for you. Yeah. It's going to be my Netflix special. (laughs) I mean, if I needed to have a, like, I thought I had enough of the origin story, like the trauma of, you know, being excluded and picked on and totally insecure and getting past that and making it my mission to make sure no one else felt excluded or insecure I thought like okay I've had enough trauma in my life and enough serious stuff and I'm very much an upbeat positivity is one of my strengths and the Clifton Gallup strengths finder so like anyone who's met me knows I'm genuinely a happy high energy person I do look for the good I generally see the world through rose-colored glasses but having to go through something like this I was like, this makes a really good story. <laughs> like, this yeah. is going to be a movie and a show. And like, it's, it's, and also I started doing stand-up comedy a couple of years ago. And it was one of those aha moments, the same as moving to New York. When the day I landed in New York for my interviews, I had set up, I'd information interviewed and networked my way into my dream job in New York City, marketing Broadway shows. And I'd never really been to New York before. I've been one, I say never, because I was once there as a kid, barely remember it. It's like a weekend. We went to see Cats. We went from the hotel to the cab, to the Broadway show, to the cab. It was, it was the 70s, 70s, 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Um, but so when I landed in Times Square, October 1st, 1999, and I just had, I was like, this is it. This is my home. These are my people. This is where I belong. I love it here. This is where I'm going to live. 
the tourists are walking a little too slowly. They need to step it up or get off the sidewalk. <laughs> like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> like, how did I even know that? <laughs> and there was a split second. Like, oh, wow, you know, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> it doesn't take long. When you're there and you're trying to live your day-to-day life and those tourists are just <laughs> cluelessly standing in the middle right. of the sidewalk. It's like, huh, you move over. Yeah. Just if you're going to stop, just don't stop right here. Move like, over. Dina's here to, you know, get stuff done. I got to be places and do things and see You know, people. I love New York. Oh my gosh. Oh, we we so share this in common. I mean, yeah. it is just the energy of it and everything about it. I, I, I just love yeah. that city. And um, one of Oh, gosh, where was I going with this? Oh, people would always say, you know, New York is like, it's so hard. It's so people are so mean, like how, no, it's not that. And, and it's not that people aren't friendly. It's just that this is what I found is like you're walking down that street. You cannot stop and say hi to every single person. Like I'm from Texas. We, mm. We're friendly. We're friendly there. And you're a friendly person. Right? And warm. And, and- yeah, I want to say hi to everybody. Absolutely. But if you cannot do that with based on the volume of people around you, you cannot stop and say hi to everyone. That's in what fact, conferences are for. Right. And in <laughs> fact, you can't you can't even make eye contact on the street with somebody. I, I don't know if you ever noticed this. Mm. The minute somebody's walking towards you and you're walking towards them on the street and the minute you make eye contact with them, there's the question, are you going left or are you going right? And then you, and then you do the dance, you do the dance. So no, yes. no, no, you do not make eye contact. You look where you're going and then people can clearly see your intention and they shift and you shift. And there's this amazing dance that happens when everybody just focuses on where they're going. What a great metaphor, Yvonne. You said when people see your intention. Yeah. And I know you meant it literally like on the sidewalk, but it really oh, yeah. is. I do, I do have this, this gift. I call it a gift. I can find lessons in any story and analogies and metaphors, but it really is a, a bigger meaning that once I know your intention and you know mine in whatever situation, whether it's a personal relationship, professional life in general, family, okay, how do I shift to accommodate you or God forbid, block you, right? And like, that's how you figure out who you want in your life, the people that support you. One of my dear friends from high school who we, stayed and lost touch and then reconnected after many years, just because, you know, life, we moved away. And she's had some incredible success in her life right now. And she said, there's not a lot of people that will always um, support you in your best, like whether it's men or women who may feel jealous in your industry or who may, like, they may say yes, but they're like, oh, well, what about, you know what? the your best friends are the ones that genuinely want the best for you and that are also there for you when you're at your lowest and that's what I realized especially last year when I was pretty much having a meltdown every single day because of this trauma I went through where I lost a job offer at the last minute because of somebody's huge error and that's why I had to leave Mm -hmm. and it it was at the 11th hour and it was the second worst day of my life so far. The first worst day was the day I had to leave New York. The second day was the day I found out I was going to have, you know, within 24 hours, figure out a plan B. And then, mm. um, but in any case, it's, it's having those people who have your back, who are willing to see you shift. Cause I think sometimes whether it's friends or family or people who've worked with you or supported you, they like, they want you to stay in that box or they want you to stay at that level. Maybe they don't want to feel left behind, but your best friends and your best supporters are the ones that will push you and give you honest feedback and say, you know what, you can do better or you're better than this, or you've got to get, or, or tell you the hard truth. Like this is not what you're good at, or this is not for you, or have you considered this? And I, I really believe that, you know, there's an expression feedback is a gift. And I think feedback is not just a gift. It's a sign of respect and love that if you're willing to give honest feedback to someone and take the time to assess it, then that's, you don't have to always agree with it. But I, I've been getting free advice on Clubhouse and I love it. I don't have to take every piece of advice, but at least the people I'm getting it from, I know genuinely they mean what they say and they're doing it not to knock me down, but to help and, and other friends too. Whereas just researching something on Google, I can read a thousand articles, but that's not the same as hearing from somebody who knows me that I can explain things to. And I think for women, that is one of our best gifts is our ability to 
nurture each other. We're, we're built to nurture no matter what your situation. Like I don't have kids, unfortunately. I don't have a partner right now, but we are built to nurture and men are too. But as women in particular, how we come together as community and it's very primal, right? The men were out hunting. They had to be quiet. That was their job was like to kill and bring home food. And the women's job was to communicate and, and stay together and protect and and while I do not believe in classical traditional gender roles at all, especially given my family, my grandmother, my great grandmother were business owners. They turned traditional gender roles upside down. They were the breadwinners and, and they worked. Um, but this is a gift that we have to, to help each other and care for each other and help each other succeed. And I think it's amazing. And it women's is. networks are one of the organ one of the types of organizations that I absolutely love being a part of and have supported many over the years. I take leadership roles. I encourage other women to join because there is something magical and special when women lift each other up. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is. It's, it's incredible when we, when we can Mm -hmm. support each other, what power there is in that. Right. So, so you, so it's been a year. It's, it's been a it year. is. It's over it's, it's 14 year, right? horrible months. Yeah. And so you started, so a couple of things. So mm-hmm. you started comp, stand-up comedy. That I started two ago. years ago. And that was just like when I was talking about my, I landed in New York. Comedy was by accident. I didn't plan it. I, I've done theater. I have a theater degree. I've been in a movie. I've been on stage. Like that the stage was always my happy place. I was always confident on stage, yeah. even in like my first dance recital at two and a half or three. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Totally right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. I was like front like, because I'm so tiny, I had to be in front. And I say it was interesting because for my own sake, like I, you know, pride or whatever, it's like you're in front. People are watching. You have to deliver. It's the entertainer in me. Mm-hmm. And then I also you're delivering something for the audience, right? They're there to see you. You got to show up. And then for my fellow dancers, you're, it's not just you alone. You're part of an ensemble, a troupe, a cast. So it's the collective. And so that three prong, me and the audience and my fellow artists force me, thank goodness, I actually am a very good dancer. I have the natural and my mother put me in class really, really young. So being on stage just felt right. And it was good use of my talents. Um, so then with stand-up comedy, I, I happened to walk across the sight line of somebody doing a set. And then he said, oh, you want to like come, come on stage or do an open mic? And I was like, I don't know. Let me just hold the microphone and see how this feels. It's not the same as when you're in a show with someone else's script. And I just I held the mic and I stood there. It's like, oh, yeah. This feels right. This is natural. This is meant for me, and I'm meant so for stand-up. It was that minute. instant love wait at a first minute. sight. How do you fall into stand-up? So, so <laughs> I was. Wait a minute. I feel like we're missing details here. So, <laughs> so how do you come across a guy who just says, "Do you want to do a set?" That is, come That's on, my that life. That is like, oh yeah, life. no, this happened. <laughs> my life is always like these wonderful, crazy connections with people. I talk to, right. I am an extreme extrovert. I genuinely love talking to people. I'm genuinely curious. I find most people incredibly fascinating. Um, and there's a line in, in a film, which is not actually a good film in the sense that it's a horrible lesson for women and pretty woman, right? Like, Oh, but he, he, he says something like, you know, very few people surprise me. And she says, yeah, well, most people shock the hell out of me. <laughs> and and the line itself stuck with me. And there's also a line, you got potential, Kit DeLuca. I know. So for a movie that I'm claiming is not really the best role model for women, it's definitely a fun movie. And there's it lessons in it. It is a fun in, movie. It is in the it's music. Well and there's lessons in there, whatever, <laughs> you know. But um, But the idea that we should see the potential in each other. And, and if a woman is diminishing herself or using language like, oh, like uh, maybe this is stupid, but, or, you know, I'm not really, no, we got to, but for me, it was a guy. I, I, so it was, first of all, it was my hairdresser who recommended um, this singles club. And mm-hmm. I went to party event and I went to a singles party in New York city at the Delancey on a Monday night. It was on the rooftop. It was June. It was mm-hmm. June 4th, 2018. And I left after the party ended and I left and I walked, we have to walk down the stairs and cross 
the bar to get outside. And there was an open mic going on and you had to cross the stage, which is the worst bar design ever because you know you never want to step across the stage when someone's right. doing an open mic. Who designed <laughs> like, this? That's, oh, that's funny. I'm right. sure the people performing are like, you're killing me, people. <laughs> well, and so they see this little girl with two guys, one on each arm, and he said something to me and I said something back. And the next thing I know, I've forgotten all about the men on each arm. And I'm like, microphone, stage, spotlight, audience? What is this? I see before me a performance opportunity. I really had no idea what was going on. I'm like, what's going on here? He says, it's an open mic. Do you want to perform? And I'm thinking, you don't even know me. You don't know that I have a theater background, but obviously right. something, there was that, it's that chemistry and that spark. And we, well, you're yeah. spicy. <laughs> I, am, I am spicy. So I was like, well, I don't know. Let me hold the microphone and, and decide. <laughs> and I held the microphone. I looked around. I'm like, this feels good. Would you take a picture of me? <laughs> and I still have a picture of me holding the mic, like pretending to do an open mic. Because I knew, and the very and a week later, I did my first open mic. Shut up! No, nope, I didn't do up. it that night because it was the end of they had just ended it, and I really like I didn't have material ready. Right. And next it, week, I did it, and I, I spent hours I writing. Honestly, I can't imagine anything freaking scarier than than trying to get up and do stand up comedy. That is, that is a particular thing. That is, that is tricky that is that is like it's oh fun, my gosh and Yvonne it's so much fun oh, and you know what I think it is it's because my comedy is really is, is mainly well it's about my life because I haven't had anyone else in my life for seven months you know like there's no one else to talk about but me right now yeah you used to talk well, what about, about that first set let's go back let's go back oh, though that first, first set. set yeah what was that about I, well I, I'm pretty sure I know but but the but, but wait wait my point is that the thing with comedy is it's, I, make, I make fun of myself, right? It's self-deprecating, but not in the way that I'm actually putting myself down. It's shine, and good comedy does shine a light on universal truths, right? Like mm-hmm. I can make fun of the messiness of my life and what's happening to me and it relaxes other people. And it's like, it's okay. So to me, comedy should still be warm. It shouldn't be nasty mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I mean, I do talk about dating and there's some nasty stuff that goes on when you're dating, <laughs> But it it should be about shining a light on all the messiness and the goodness and just bringing people together and saying it's okay. And I to, to bring it all back, as a networker who's teaching someone how to have human conversations and interactions and get rid of some of that fear and that tension and awkwardness and insecurity, comedy is a great icebreaker. Mm-hmm. And so if it just means me making a self-deprecating or teasing, gently teasing comment that relaxes the room, everyone just relaxes. Like we're all different. We're all quirky. We're all unusual. We all feel like we don't fit in. You know what? We all belong here. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh my and gosh, and I to, love it. to answer your question, my first set was about the fact that I have really tiny feet, <laughs> really tiny feet and like kid size. And who needs high heel? But the thing is, what you learn as a comic, just talking for five minutes does not make a good set. You have to, it's set up and punch, set up and punch. Mm-hmm. So I, one of my lines is, I'm really, really short. I come from a long line of women with short legs, short arms, huge boobs. <laughs> because God is fair. <laughs> She's not a very good structural engineer, but she's fair. (laughs) So teeny tiny feet on short legs and big boobs. It's a wonder I don't fall over more often than I already do. (laughs) Fortunately, I have the boobs to break my fall and save my nose. God, oh my God. Okay, that's hilarious. Oh <laughs> that's my the kind God. of comedy I do. I did not do that in my first set or my second set. But then I took, and I asked a woman, I was like, okay, I mean, women need to ask the other woman. I was like, I'm new to this. You are amazing. Like, how do I learn? What should I do? Can you give me advice? And she gave me a list of which open mics were good to go to in New York for beginners. Nice. And she said, and you should take a class. And here's a list of different classes. And so I took a class. A couple of weeks later, I took my, I signed up for four weeks and I made amazing friends. And the thing with comedy, like anything else, it's your network and it's your community. And I was like, Oh, I found my people, right? Like other people who think 
crazy thoughts and say them out loud <laughs> to get a reaction. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. How old were you when you decided to do that? When, when Again, I did not decide. Yes, it happened to me. That's like what uh, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. But you like, did decide, t- you did decide to go take a class. You took it to the next Low. Oh yeah, no. If I'm gonna do something, I go all in. I don't. Right. I don't mess around. It's like moving to New York or even in Toronto. I, I'm not happy here because we're in lockdown. But I'm I'm on three different Toronto committees. Like I go all in. Of course. So when I go into a new industry, not and now not only did I start taking classes, I now speak at conferences about branding and marketing in comedy. I wrote articles about women and sexism and ageism in comedy that mm-hmm. were published. I produced. A conference, um, conference, excuse me, a fundraiser, one of the very first online Zoom stand-up comedy shows that was a fundraiser for COVID-related charities last May, because no one had ever done it before, because we never did online Zoom comedy for COVID, and ho- hope we never have to again. But, you know, we you learn, and so, yeah, I mean, but this was 2018, so it's just a few, oh, it was my, that's right, I was turning 50, I had a whole bunch of material that summer and it wasn't about turning 50 per se, but it was like about my birthday party and family dynamics. And, and I'd been lying about my age for so long that I'd forgotten how old I was. <laughs> like I met a guy, I lied about my age and he lied about his height and we ended up dating for six months. But if either one of us had been honest, we never would have met because of the algorithms. I dropped my age by two years and he, upped his height by like two inches and he's still short and I'm still two years older than him, <laughs> but we never would have met. Like what a great way to start a relationship by lying. <laughs> that's, the, that's the foundation of every beautiful relationship. I mean, it was fun. Like he also provided not only six months of dating, but like six to 12 months of great material. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. So Dina. Embrace it. People. That's my lesson. It's just effing embrace it. Have fun with it. See the humor. There's going to be messiness and there's going to be fabulousness and it's just all part of life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I hear, a, I hear a, a siren. I hear a siren. We got a little messiness somewhere. Is that on your end or my, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Probably. Well, you're, I mean, oh, no, I'm in the city. I'm in like, yeah, I'm in downtown greater Toronto area, GTA, the, the busiest, funnest part of the city. Cause I'm like the busiest, funnest person, which is why it's been like dead for seven months. Um, oh yeah, there's sirens going. The, I, I was actually interviewing with a new client yesterday. Like they want, they wanted to hire me and the fire alarms went off. Oh, like in my apartment, in the whole building, that really, really loud fire alarm. Yeah. And like, okay, thank God it's a relatively new building. They have a good fire detection system. But like you, we couldn't have a conversation. So I was just like, it's part of my branding. This is the fireball experience. <laughs> and she's like, should you be leaving the building instead of talking to me? I was like, look, I appreciate the work, but even I am not going to jeopardize my life just for a client. Can I call you back? <laughs> oh my gosh. So goodness gracious. So, so here you are. It's been a crazy year. You're, you're an extrovert being forced into isolation. What have you learned about yourself this year? Ooh, I hate being alone, but I already knew that. You know what? Not just that I hate it, but that I can actually, I can handle it, but I still don't like it. And um, I've learned that I should probably start to see a therapist at some point because I've made it this far without. Uh, What have I learned about? Well, that's a really good question. I've learned that I am much stronger than I ever thought possible. I'm much more resilient because if somebody had said to me, you're going to have to be by yourself for seven months and do like, I'd say there's no way. I mean, when pandemic first started, we, I was barely going to last three weeks, three months. So I've learned that I can actually handle the hard stuff that mm-hmm. I thought I could not handle from mm-hmm. everything from financial to legal to emotional. I've learned that I have friends I can rely on no matter what. Sometimes I, I would think that, you know, I'm, I'm like the good, I'm like life of the party and she's fun, but if stuff gets serious, nobody really wants to hear that. And I learned that, which is, I know it's crazy. I, I, if I was talking to myself, I'd be like, we're all here to help each other. Why would you even think that? So I I've realized some of my own blocks and misconceptions that 
when I called some of my friends every single day, having like another meltdown because of another crisis that actually happened that precipitated all this, they were there for me. And they're still, and I'd be there for them too. I have a friend in crisis at two o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, eight o'clock in the morning, I will be there for you. So I learned that it's actually a sign of strength to, to ask people for help. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. said it, I've said it before, but I've never really embraced it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being hypocritical. I just, there was some resistance in me. Oh, like, I Intellectually, so I knew it. Yes. But emotionally, I was like, yeah, but then I'm, I don't want to bother people. And this also goes back to like, you don't want to bother people. And I'm like, I'm this independent woman. I take care of myself, right? Yeah. I don't want to. And yet I was like, you know what? That is a sign. Of, and now I'm like, hey, um, can you give like, take a look at my landing page or I'm struggling with this or whatever it is. Like, it's a gift to let someone else help you. Yeah. And so I've learned that A, there's things I can handle on my own and B, I need to ask for more and more help. Um, and C, I've actually embraced learning all the things that I thought I was just horrible at and would never get good at, but I've had to learn mm-hmm. and, and learning to balance. Okay. What can I learn on my own? Like I can learn spreadsheets and I can learn certain systems and processes. And I've also learned that not to keep trying to get better at something I will never be good at because that sucks my energy. And as a creative I'm spending so much time on the operations and the infrastructure and like the administrative stuff. And as soon as I let that go and, and just said to somebody, give me a format or give me a what, and I just got to freely create, I was in my zone and I could go for hours writing fun stuff and bringing personality and writing stories and writing comedy and coming up with concepts for other people. It's like, okay, I need to get rid of everything that is weighing me down and blocking me from doing what I'm really great at, whether that's a fear, like some kind of resistance or just on a purely practical level, like somebody give me a form or a structure. I need structure. I'm not good at it. Give me structure. I'll create within that structure. Um, And also decluttering. Those are good lessons. Those are good lessons you have learned. Oh my goodness. So (sighs) So. yeah. Yeah. I, that, that whole asking for help thing, that was a you know, they, I think I last year was maybe the first time I heard this idea of picking a word for the year, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to live into to with some sort of intention. And I, I picked the word help because that has been a struggle for me is I, I have always been like, oh, you know, that independent thing um, and not wanting to impose on anybody, all those things. And um, I thought, okay, so, so my word for the year is help. And that is going to be asking for help and offering help because I have always felt like, um, or I've realized recently how self-involved I have been throughout my life and, and, and to, to open up my eyes and look around me to see who else might need a little, a a leg up or a, or a moment or a phone call or a check-in, um, and have it go so that I could have it go both ways was the only way I was able to to take that on as like, okay, it's going to be okay to ask for help because I'm going to be putting it out there too. Right. And And man, it made such a difference for my year. Isn't it wonderful? Like it it feels strong. It feels empowering to accept help because you're learning and growing and you're giving someone else the chance to help you, which makes them feel good. So I I always say like, why would you, you know, if you wouldn't ask me for help, why would you deny me the pleasure of being able to help you. Because yeah. if you ask someone who doesn't want to, either because they can't or they just don't want to, then that they're not the person there to help you. But someone who's eager to support each other, like it is that, car, you know, whether it's networking karma or friendship karma or just the universe and how we operate as human beings, we are social beings and social animals. And, you know, for me, being alone, it's also made me realize, I think one of the things I've learned most, most is I have to create, but the next stage of my life, I have to create it and set it up in a way that I am surrounded by people and that I am not working alone. And that I'm part of a cast and crew, a company, a collaboration. Um, and maybe it's building a membership platform or creating yet another event or community or organization, or maybe it's just joining other people. I don't need to be in charge. I don't need to be the leader. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I And I genuinely mean this when I say, I would much rather share the spotlight than be on stage alone. Yeah. 
Wow. I love that you're in the middle of this and figuring it out and that you're so open to what it could be and what it might be and not prescribing what it needs to be. That's a good, wow, that's powerful. Well, that's, yeah. what you're, that's, that's what I observe that you're doing. And so what you're doing is, is powerful. It, it's, I think I'm excited for you. I can't wait Thank to see you. where all this heads for you. I feel like focusing on the hope and the potential, like you got potential kit to look at. Focusing <laughs> on that kids. is way more fun than like, well, this is what happened. As much as I complain, I still, you know, try to do it with a sense of humor as much. It's partly just like, let me get it out there. Let me vent. And now I'm ready, like for the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, focusing forward, but they are so intertwined. They Right. It's like, once I clean up this mess, I'll see a beautiful room, but without the mess, like there's no process, there's no transformation. And, and it like people talk about the hero's journey and the story arc and like what you go through and how that becomes your mess, your mess is your message and the glory and the story and all these speaking platform. Um, right. They're not cliches though. There is one they're quote. Not. I, there's a quote I found that I love. It's my, one of my new favorite quotes. And usually I quote myself, not because I have a huge ego, because I really don't. I'm not a narcissist. That's part of the problem of being alone and doing work that puts you front and center. It's, I don't want it to be all about me. I'm, I love being a catalyst. I love being an inspiration. I'm happy to take on a leadership role, but I never want it to be all about me. So one of my own quotes is, you never know how the next person you meet might change your life. Mm-hmm. Or how you might change theirs. Mm-hmm. So talk to strangers. Yes. Right? And I will say that that my first, like my first couple of months in the city, when I, on a, I moved to the city, I didn't know anybody. I knew yeah. one, one person who let me stay with him and his wife while I looked for a place to live. I found a roommate through a roommate service. Luckily yeah. found an amazing roommate. I can't Ooh. even believe it. Like I just charmed life or something. And then I went to go see a show and it started to rain afterwards and I didn't have an umbrella. And you know how every bodega in the city has the cheap umbrella, 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 umbrella. We popped into to a bodega and this guy popped in too because he also didn't. And we had both just been at the same theater production and bam, we're talking and suddenly became friends and, you know, would go see theater together after we were like theater buddies after that. So like, and again, to my point, people in New York are not mean and people are, it it is actually super easy to meet people. If you, you know, anyway, like you said, you never know what effect you're going to have on somebody else. I love that. I love that idea. I love your story. So I'm going to ask you, what show was it? The first show, the one where I don't remember. It was. Do you remember? No, because it was some off off Broadway. What year was it? It was ninety five. Is when I moved to the city, and it was some before I moved. I moved to ninety. Yeah, because you moved in in ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it was an off off Broadway show. Frankly, it wasn't very good. (laughs) It was like off. (laughs) You know, it was on the. You never know. Off off Broadway, it could be fantastic. It can be fantastic. And, you know, and then as my, you know, having done a lot of off-off Broadway theater and yeah. one, of, one of my fellow actresses that I used to work with, all the, I loved this. She'd be like, well, here we go. Another night of craptastic theater for family and friends. <laughs> I did a lot of that. Let me tell you. And some of it was great. Some of it, not so much, you know. Perfect what we're talking about, right? Like that's life. And, but I love the fact that you had the privilege to be able to uh, do it, yes. that's so New York. Like yes. everyone has a friend that's in a really horrible off, off, off Broadway show. And everyone has that friend who's like made it. I was taking dance classes. I was at Steps on Broadway, like four or five days a week. Right. Mm-hmm. I kind of had a bit of, I'm not great with routine, but dance classes were part of my routine. And I'd be in class with these like 16, 17 year olds who are auditioning for Broadway shows and were actually getting in. And this was I took class the day before my 50th birthday and the teacher who I I adore and he, you know, we got to know each other really well. And this is like, I'm a happy person. 
his level of happiness makes me look sad. He is so, his energy, it's pure musical theater, like break out into song yes, with yes. every word we sing. I love the world. <laughs> like there's, it's like the love of the dance. And so it's my, it's my therapy. Like that, I think that's one of the reasons I didn't have to go to therapy in New York, even though everyone in New York is in therapy. Like my dance class, the first day of comedy class, right? We walk in, 20 strangers have never met no one's signing an NDA or like a confidentiality agreement. You get up on stage and just pour out your deepest, darkest secrets. But the first thing the teacher asks, she's like, how many people here are in therapy? And like half the class raises, probably three quarters of the class raises their hand. And she's like, that's great. She's like, I'm not saying you have to go to therapy to be good at comedy, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> My therapy was partly the stage and partly this dance class. For me too. And yep. so before my 50, like the night before my 50th birthday, he puts me in the middle of the room and I'm doing 32 rocket high kicks. And he always says kick to eye level. I'm like, whose eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Your eye level and my eye level are like a foot apart. But I got where he went with it. And um, and one of the kids says to me, she's like, you have more energy than I do. I'm like, you're 16. What's your excuse? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I felt welcome and I felt like I belonged. And it felt, you know, age really is just a number. And it's how you act and interact with the world. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that all generation, and I used to have the, like, beyond respect, I've worked with seniors. I was in geriatrics. I made that my career within healthcare because I had so much respect for my grandmother who's this incredibly vibrant young vivacious extroverted brilliant confident woman at any age so I started working with healthy seniors and then eventually seniors but I think the more we interact among the generations whether that generation is teen some of my best friends are like still teenagers like Mm -hmm. people I adore the most who like an 18 year old friend who gave me really good advice about a guy I was dating he's like yeah he really wasn't right for you (laughs) he's like I knew that but I didn't want to say it at the time he's like I checked you brought me on that date to meet him I was checking him out I'm like wow from the mouths of babes right right the more we like drop everything that makes us different from others whether it's age or race or religion or gender or gender identity or nationality like embrace the differences that's what makes life interesting that's what helps you learn yeah. and grow and it have brings fun the spicy it's the spicy and makes oh the garden God. beautiful you have a garden with so many different flowers in it yeah yeah variety spice of life man oh my goodness how does this much time go by so fast, Dina? Oh, you and I can act well. It was great. It, it was, was great. Fun. That's a great note to end on too, by the way. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to have you on again. We're going to have to check back in with you. And when you get back to New York, I'm saying when. Yes, when. Get back Thank to you. New York, we're going to have to schedule a face-to-face. I would love that. Let's see, like, because you talk about transformation, what happened? It's like to be continued. To be continued. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Thank you for this. This was a blast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. This has been so fun. I'll save, I'll save my story and sunflower analogies for next time that I had prepared a special surprise for you around flowers and sunflowers. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Hold on. I want it. I want it. Okay. So we were saying, right, your garden, your podcast, your audience, you have this mix of people. It's, it's, there's a certain uh, focus, but your garden has all kinds of flowers in it, right? Not just like if the garden was all red roses and that's like Amer- classic American beauty, the American rose. Mm-hmm. Most of us are not ever going to be that. Frankly, and- the the manicured, just so, so, so gardens are just like, for me, I got nothing for it. I love a good, wild, overgrown, like everything is popping and you don't know what's around the next corner. That's my kind of garden. But anyway, that's your you podcast. No, that's it. That's your podcast. That's part of your brand. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like a bit of a brand whisper. Like I can, you have your theme already, but that concept, that visual of the wild and overgrown, and you're not sure what's popping around the corner. And some of them are intertwined and maybe you, something was not where it's supposed to be, but it's thriving beautifully anyhow. And this one has a little, wants more sun and this one doesn't. It's like extroverts and introverts. You know, it makes it rich and beautiful, but that, I feel like that's Love your it. analogy uh-huh. for yours. 
Yeah. Yeah. When it's manicured and all the same, like red roses are supposed to be, and red roses are beautiful, but not everyone is a red rose, nor should you want to be. And for my birthday, this was the one right before I left New York with my six friends, legally only six people. The hugs were illegal. Can you imagine hugs being illegal? Illegal hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a whole other story I could talk about on a different podcast. I feel this should be a little bit family friendly. <laughs> it isn't. I, I, I let, yeah, I go to town. Um, the, oh, that also has a different by meaning. By the way, <laughs> that, very funny because that first show you asked me about, like in New, that I saw in New York and how was it and was it any good? It was, it was like this bizarre show that was all about like a sex club and plot. And I was like, Oh, Fun. it was spicy. So anyway, so go ahead. Go ahead. I like I like that. That's one of your favorite words. That one of your favorite <laughs> words is spicy. Lately, I, I don't know. It it's a good word. It it's, a good I've been word. using it. Actually, I've started using it in some of my marketing because with Fireball Network, Ooh. I use things like warm introductions, cold, like hot. I have the red hot networking challenge. Right. And so I was like, I think if you're a level of networker that you're at, like cool, warm, medium, hot or spicy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what a spicy networker is but you are and I am like like it's a good word and I was fostering kittens last summer you know the pandemic like everyone's like we need animals but I also because unfortunately I knew I had to leave I had to I couldn't make a long-term commitment which is not a euphemism for my life I swear (laughs) I want a long-term commitment but that's that's a different podcast that's like Dina we need to put you on the men's podcast Really, I was like at one point I told all the women's organizations that I was involved with, I'm like, I'm dropping out, I'm leaving, I'm canceling my membership. They're like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm never gonna meet a man this way. <laughs> Work right, during you the day. Get out I go of the to, women's groups. <laughs> seriously, like I go to women's groups at night, and when I'm not in women's groups, I'm in theater dance and ballet and tap. Like, not really right. gonna meet a straight guy. I mean, there's one, I met him. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, I, I go all in. I don't miss an opportunity. <laughs> there's one straight single man in a room with 5,000 people. I will find him and date him. <laughs> or at least oh I'll try. <laughs> now you were, you were, we got completely off track. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's always at the end. We're like, can we go a little bit nasty now? <laughs> Let's talk dirty. I mean, we're old. We're not dead. Make me snort. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, so go back to your birthday, your birthday, but okay. So before you go back to the birthday story, I have to ask you, your birthday is the end of July, July? end of, end of July. Yes. I mean, I'm a Leo right on the cusp. I knew it. July 24th. (gasps) My mind's the 25th. I knew it. I I don't think we figured that out last time. Oh my God. So you know what our sunflower is? Our our flower is the sunflower. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was the birthday story. My friend, dear friend, who I met in an airport because our flights were delayed. Like I have stories of how I met people for everything. Like there, I've always had these wonderful stories of how I met somebody because of talking to strangers, because of circumstances. To me, they're interesting. It's so much more interesting than saying, oh, well, these are all my friends because I went to high school with them 30 years ago. Like, right. <laughs> really? Like those are the only people you still talk like. Haven't you met somebody new? I meet new people all the time. So for my birthday, um, her husband said, should we get her flowers? Like, I'll get her roses. She's like, oh, no. She's like, Dina needs something big and bright and bold. And they brought me sunflowers. And she told me the story because it wouldn't have occurred to She's like, that's one of her um, superpowers is, and she works in uh, employee appreciation and rewards. Oh, She's all about okay. figuring out what people like and what makes them happy and how my sister-in-law she, is like that. She can, she's just always the most thoughtful person. Uh, just, you know, just awesome. crazy. Yeah. 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 I wish I had that. that superpower. It's amazing. I think you do in your own way, right? Like with your podcast, you bring things out of people. You, you provide this platform. So that's your way of being thoughtful. Like I'm not good with the teeny tiny micro, I might not know what's the best gift to buy somebody, but I will know what to say to them. Mm. I will listen to them mm. and I'll give a different kind of a gift, but she's amazing with gifts. She, she bought me a ring light. Oh, like, oh an ama- yeah. right. Pandemic ring light with yeah. the tripe. And it's a nut. It's a really good one. Oh, bless her. With the, you can yeah, do the knows. stand she and knows. the iPad and the, the oh phone and, and I've used it for filming. It's incredible. And she wrote the most beautiful note with it. Um, 
But so I didn't know that. I, I just, I'd like sunflowers, but I didn't know. So I looked them up and it says here, and this is for you too, right? First of all, they range in color from yellows to orange to red. So there's, and it's summer. Mm -hmm. They range in size from small to very large. And sunflowers symbolize adoration, loyalty, and longevity. Late mm -hmm. podcast, we have the mm -hmm. privilege of aging, which mm -hmm. is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Much of the meaning of sunflowers stems, I like the way they write, stems, stems. from its namesake, <laughs> the sun itself. These flowers are unique in that they have the ability to provide energy in the form of nourishment and vibrancy, attributes which mirror the sun and the energy provided by its heat and light. Sunflowers are known for being happy flowers, making them the perfect gift to bring joy to someone's or to your day. This ad was sponsored by the Sunflower Growers of America. <laughs> happy people for a happy garden. <laughs> Voice over work, anyone? <laughs> people, she's a fireball. Hire her. <laughs> She just gave me, oh, I just bumped my microphone. She just gave me the little heart thingy over the heart with the hands. I love that. I love I'm handing that. you a bouquet of sunflowers. Oh, oh my goodness. Dina, thank you so much. This has been just a true delight and pleasure. Same. A blast. Oh Total blast. Total blast. We'll do it again. Well, there you have it. I loved talking to Dina. Couldn't tell, right? I, I think my big takeaway is her mantra, you never know how the next person you meet might change your life or how you might change theirs. So go out, my friends, and talk to strangers. I just realized I've been doing that all year and I highly recommend it. If you want to know more about Dina, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 56. While you're there, you can also find a link to the sign-up sheet for your free guide, Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.